0: Welcome to Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Tony Connolly. Thanks so much for tuning in to the pod. Every once in a while, you really get lucky. You book someone to talk about something newsy, and then something newsier comes up. And I think that's the case with our guest today. Crane's newspaper every year will name their top newsmaker of the year and also their top 10 newsmakers who most profoundly influence business and life in southeastern Michigan, and in this case, throughout the state. On Monday, Quentin Messer, who is the CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, was named Crane's 2022 newsmaker of the year. So Mr. Messer, congratulations to you. Welcome to the podcast. How are you, sir?
1: Thank you so much for the kind words. Grateful for the opportunity to be here. And I would just say, look, I am very humbled and honored, but the recognition was really not mine. It's really the team here at MEDC working led by our governor, bipartisan leadership in the legislature, local and regional elected officials. This is really about Michigan once again aggressively reentering The arena when it comes to economic development competition.
0: You just mentioned re entering the arena. Does that mean we were a little behind? Tell us what that means.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say behind. Let me say this Michigan never left the arena. So maybe that choice of words wasn't the best. I think what happened was there was a period when, if you look at a number of sectors, let's take, for example, mobility, when things are really heating up along the I 75 corridor. So I'm talking about the competition among Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia, with regard to the automotive industry. I think there were some decisions made or not made that put us at competitive disadvantage, whether that has to do with the aggressive development of mega sites, whether it had to do with making sure that our incentive packages were flexible and responsive to where the industry was. We've corrected all those, and I think we're yielding the dividends for one.
0: Quentin, I recently read this book by this pastor, and it was interesting because it talked about the noise that we have. There's such political division. There's such lacking in education opportunities, especially in urban settings. There's an emphasis on division, and I did some homework, and I went back through other interviews that you had, and you had a talent that this pastor Mentioned. And I want to ask you, how do you work through the noise and the negative comments to serve and find solutions for problems? Because a lot of us are too busy complaining and whining instead of serving and looking for solutions.
1: It's a great question. I'm a work in progress. Three things. First, I'm a Christian. So my leadership model is Jesus Christ. So I use him as an example. The second, really understand that. Don't take it personally. We as Michiganders all want to win. And the key, the onus is on me, is to help my fellow Michiganders understand how can we do that in the economic dimension. And the last is understand that we always have to get better. I have to get better every day. There's a lot that I can do. I'm a flawed human being. But if you have that humility and you try to have some fun, I think you're going to be okay.
0: Quinton, how can a stronger economy, how can a strong economic environment help the state in other areas?
1: Great question. I think there are three quick things. One, strong economic environment means you have more people paying in and expanding your tax base. So there will be greater funds for support local government, support education, support higher ed, support infrastructure development, all those things that we want to do. The second thing a strong economy does is grow our population. Since around the 1970 census, when Michigan had 19 members of Congress, today we have 13. That's a function of population loss. And it's not exclusively because people get tired of winter. It's a function that people don't perceive that there's real opportunity here in Michigan for them to realize their economic hopes and dreams. And the final thing that a strong economy does, I think it's good for the psyche of the state. I mean, we're all, in some respect, ambassadors for the state of Michigan. When you know that small and medium-sized businesses are growing, when you know that big companies are going, you become a greater ambassador and it helps the overall psyche of the state.
0: We're talking with Quentin Messer, who's the CEO of the MEDC. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Quentin about education in our state and how we can be better, how we can help our kids to be better, ready to go to work. We'll do that next on Michigan Business on the Michigan Business Network. Looking for high-quality office furniture on a budget? Stop by the office outlet at 516 North Larch in downtown Lansing for huge savings. We've got new and used office furniture from brand-name manufacturers, all at discounted prices. Browse through 5,000 square feet and save on seating, desks, files, storage, and more. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. The office furniture outlet is your destination for office furniture on a budget. Visit us online at officeoutletyes.com. Welcome back to the Michigan Business Network and Media Business. I'm Tony Connolly. I have the great pleasure to talk with Quentin Messer, who is the CEO of the MEDC. He was recently named the 2022 Cranes Detroit Newsmaker of the Year. Quentin, I'm from Mount Clemens, Michigan. Very proud of that fact. But since I was in K-12 education here in our state, and I also did higher ed here in the state, There's been a struggle in our urban areas to teach our kids, to give them the same opportunities, the same types of facilities. There's been that struggle since the 60s here in our state. What can you, what can I, what can we do to improve that? Because I think helping those kids get to where they want to be will help the entire state.
1: You're absolutely right. You know, there are a number of things we can do. I think one, it goes back to a question you asked earlier. You know, What are some of the positive benefits of a strong economy? When you have a strong economy, you have greater resources to invest in pre-K through 12 education, whether it means more after-school programs, tutoring, some of the things that the governor has spotlighted that she hopes to do, higher teacher salaries so you can recruit the best and brightest so they don't have to sacrifice and have two and three jobs to have, a stable middle-class life while they're educating young people. That's one. Two, I think that what we can do is we just have to win in each of our families and our communities. When we're all touching some young person, whether it's a niece, a nephew, a neighbor, someone at a church, someone at a synagogue, someone on a sports team, whatever it might be, we have to try to encourage that young man, that young woman, that the life of the mind. And no one loves sports more than me. But making sure that you become an active problem solver, someone that can manage your emotions, someone that can think creatively, someone that can work collaboratively, those things. And then I think the other thing that we have to do is really to think constructively about how to make education relevant for the young people. You know, I have three children of my own and a son-in-law, so I have four now. And the one thing I realize is that this generation wants to know, why does this matter? I can't tell you how often my children ask me. That this doesn't matter. I'm never going to use this. And I have to say, look, you're building a foundation, whether it's sort of an algebra or geometry or some subject that you may never want to use again, but you're building a basis by which you're training your mind to be able to recognize problems. I mean, so much of life is pattern recognition. And if you can quickly diagnose a situation, you're going to be better advanced to be competitive and be someone that's going to be coveted by the marketplace. and that's what we have to tell young people about.
0: Is faith a strong component for running a business, for leading your family, for engaging in K through 12 and higher education?
1: Well, my faith life is incredibly important to me, but I would never sort of stipulate that for other people. You know, other people have to find that anchoring. I mean, for me, my belief in Christ is an anchoring, but you can believe in, in there are other people who are similarly anchored. Who may not believe in anything. But what I will say is, we do have to have a belief in something beyond ourselves. I think, with large Team Michigan, this notion that you hear the governor talk about, you hear bipartisan leadership, it's not just rhetoric. It is what we have discovered when Michiganders come together, there's nothing they can't do. If you look throughout history, history is replete with moments when people said, Michigan, it was over, done we're still here stronger and getting stronger every day. And I think that type of camaraderie is what is the stuff of life.
0: Quentin, you were just talking about the workforce. The workforce in Michigan statistics show, as well as research shows, that the unemployment rate's not so bad, but there are a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. For whatever reasons, how do we get them re-engaged?
1: That's an incredible question. I think we have to try to understand why People, particularly, I would say, able-bodied men who we see higher numbers of them sitting on the sidelines. I think, one, we're still dealing with the learning, the ravages of long COVID. So some people are physically unable to consistently work, potentially. We're also seeing some people increasing mental health challenges that are preventing people from self-actualizing and presenting their best selves. I think the COVID tragedy was disproportionately adversely impacted women. So caregivers and others, we have to create companies and others, the public and the private sector, philanthropy has to figure out how we can provide ways that people can be responsible caregivers, whether it's for elderly folks or children. And that's what we have to do. And the last thing is that we have to continue to combat ageism and all the other isms that prevent the totality of who we are in Michigan being able to present it to the marketplace. We need everybody participating.
0: Quentin, you did something that I've yet to have the opportunity to do, and I'm going to make it happen sooner rather than later, and I'm going to take my two boys with me. You attended the recent Consumer Electronics Show. Tell me what you saw and what you learned.
1: What I would tell you is sensory overload. It was phenomenal. The great thing was we were with a delegation led by Lieutenant Governor Garland Gilchrist II, who is a technology savant. So it was great to sort of walk around him because I'm a classic liberal arts guy and I'm just blown away by <laughs> stuff. And, and he will kind of say, hey, man, that's good. But wait till you see this. Or let me tell you what the flaw might be in this. But I would say that the two things that I learned, the mobility sector, the car, of the future is so much more than what we conceived of. It is really another center of entertainment because you're talking about semi-autonomous vehicles and driver-assisted technology, we're going to spend a lot more time in the car thinking about what's the experience of listening to music or potentially gaming or video games, things of that nature.
0: We're talking with Quentin Messer, who's the CEO of the MEDC. When we're going to come back, we're going to talk about battery manufacturing and how Michigan is setting itself up to dominate the U.S. in this. We'll do that next here on Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.
1: is a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended.
0: Now can we get a new roof?
1: Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LAFQ, your credit union for life.
0: Quentin Messer is the CEO of the MEDC. I'm Tony Conley. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network. Fascinating conversation we're having with Quentin. And Quentin's story recently released was how Michigan is set to dominate U.S. battery manufacturing. Tell us about this story.
1: So the story was CNBC, which is probably the number one network for business, looked across the U.S. and said, what are those states that are going to be? best position to win in the battery sector. We are seeing an unprecedented competition, not just among the 50 U.S. states, but also Canadian provinces, Mexican states globally. As companies, OEMs, and others race to accelerate the transition from the internal combustion engine to electric vehicles, we're seeing an incredible pace of announcements and competition to try to locate these battery plants. And I think what the CNBC realized is what we always know about Michigan. You never bet against a state that knows how to make things. That's what Michigan is. We know how to make things. Two, you never bet against a state that has a talented workforce that has had to work for generations in an industry and have zero defects. So that's something who we are. There is that quality of care and craftsmanship and attention to detail that has to have zero defects. You have to have that in batteries. Girls' lives are lost. And the technology is getting much more complex. And the final point, I think what people realize is that we have a certain ecosystem that's always been focused on mobility transition. And that is not something that you can invent overnight because you build one plan and land one plant. It is something that is part of who we are as a state. We're much more than mobility, but we are the state that put the world on wheels. And that matters because you have... The entire rich ecosystem.
0: Quentin, I recently read a story about an EV charging station that's going to be powered by natural gas. And it was very interesting because I think there's a lot of information out there that shows that the grid is not for the push to electrify our lives and everything that we do. We're not ready for it yet. And I wonder, do you think we're pushing too hard, too fast when it comes to the things that we want to do with battery powers and more importantly, EVs? You
1: know, I would say no. I firmly believe in the art of the possible. And what one of the things that this governor has done, along with bipartisan support in the legislature, was create the Office of Future Mobility and Electrification, create the nation's first chief mobility officer, And in that role, Trevor Paul just recently decided to resign. But in creating that role, the governor, the legislature understood three important things. One, exactly, Tony, to your point, you have to have a charging infrastructure that's supported. Two, they also realized the important role of Michigan's utilities, including the Michigan Public Service Commission as a regulatory body, making sure that they are thoughtful and creative and flexible while also being regulatorily responsible. And that's what exactly you have with the three commissioners that are certainly in place now. And the final point that we realize is that you have to constantly be thinking about all the elements that it takes to ensure that consumer adaptation occurs. One of the reasons why you saw, and we're very excited about the upcoming investment in our next energy is in addition to transforming the range of cars, They're also getting involved in the battery storage industry. That's going to be critically important. And we're seeing, you know, with flow, their first U S office coming from Canada here in Southeast Michigan, you know, building that charging infrastructure. It's going to take all these things, but I am really optimistic that we're going to rise to the challenge. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm very grateful to the efforts, Team Michigan. And I think that we're going to be leaders among the nation.
0: What do you foresee for the Michigan economy for 2023?
1: 2023, I think a couple of things. I talk to economists and try to read as much as I can. You know, there potentially could be some sort of recession. I think the question is how hard or how soft it is. I do think that you can talk yourself into a recession. So I think we have to be careful what we're putting out there. Two, I think that whether or not we have a recession or not, Michigan is going to be very well positioned because of our leadership position and not only a passionate vehicle and e-mobility, but air mobility, maritime mobility, we have an incredibly diversified sector, economics, economy, whether it's agribusiness, whether it's tourism, hospitality, life science and medical devices, aerospace, defense sector. You know, we have a fashion industry. We have an office furniture industry in Western Michigan. So we have all those elements. And I think the last thing is understanding that the economy only matters to the extent that people's lives are made better. And it's going to take a holistic approach. We've talked about some of the issues, whether it's pre-K through 312 education, mental health, spirituality. We need to come together and make sure that what we know is known by everybody else, it's a wonderful place to live here in Michigan. And we have, I think, the best of all worlds.
0: Quentin, final question for you. What can I, what can we in the media do to be better at reporting on Michigan's economy, the development of Michigan's economy? Where do we go wrong? Where can we get
1: better? Well, I'm just grateful to be afforded this opportunity to spend time with you and get to know you and have this dialogue. I think that's one. And you know, the onus is on those of us who have been blessed to be in certain positions to make ourselves available to the media. The fourth estate is incredibly important. I think that we have to continue to be open and accessible. And I'm grateful to Odie McKinley and the rest of our team at MEDC for affording me and colleagues this opportunity. I think the one thing I would request, and you didn't do it, but there are some outlets who constantly talk about things in the past, whether, you know, I'm not going to even repeat certain things that people always want to talk about. I don't think we owe objectivity, but I think we need to look forward, not backwards. And I think sometimes there's a tendency, it's not just media, it's just human beings to be anchored by something in the past. Right. And I think sometimes you got to, you know, it's like a great football coach. You watch the game film once, you burn it, you go on to the next game, you learn what you can learn, then you got to move on. And I think that's the one thing we have. And the absolute last thing is we should never bury the lead. Michigan is a remarkable place. I've lived a lot of different places and this is it for me. I don't plan to be buried anytime soon, but (laughs) when I go home, I'm going to go home in the soil of Michigan. And I think we have to be thoughtful about how we speak about this state, because I think we are underselling one of the greatest states in the U.S. and certainly one of the greatest places in the world. We've
0: been talking with Quentin L. Messer, Jr., who is the CEO of the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. He was named the 2022 Cranes Detroit Newsmaker of the Year. Sir, I appreciate your time so much. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for what you do.
0: I'm Tony Connolly. This is Media Business on the Michigan Business Network.